opening the Word of God with Dr. Dedeon. Uh Today we're going to be talking a little bit about Jeremiah. And uh, the book of Jeremiah is said to have been written somewhere between 586 and 597 B.C. And it is a book that is written to the Judeans. Uh, and they are soon to be exiled by King Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. And so the context of this uh, situation is that Judah is being condemned because uh, not only have they rejected Jehovah God, but they've also uh, continued to believe in their own gods whom they've erected. Uh, these are said to have been, as the scripture puts it, gods of gold, silver, and wood. And uh, while Judah is accused of playing the harlot, uh, God still encourages her to return unto him, her being the nation. And so uh, the title of today's session is Becoming a Vessel of Honor, Part One. And so uh, when we look at Jeremiah, specifically we can go to our text verses to come from chapter 18, verses 1 through 12. But before I do so, I do want to share something from the New Testament. This is a uh, letter that is written from Paul to his uh, spiritual son, Timothy. And uh, the key verses come from chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. And I want to read that to you very quickly, and then we want to return to the focus of our study for today. But uh, when we're doing so, uh, we want to keep both Second Timothy as well as this uh, section of Jeremiah 18 in mind because they do uh, correspond with one another even though they're written at different times. Uh, what I'm saying is that there are similar uh, discussions that are occurring, not that they're connected, even though in, in the overall, uh, when we look at the Bible in context, of course they're connected because we have Old and New Testament part of the same Bible. But let's go ahead and start reading out of the King James Version, beginning at the 20th verse, reading to the 22nd of 2 Timothy chapter 2. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And so uh, when we're looking at Second Timothy here, what we're finding is that Paul is writing here to a young Timothy, and what he's explaining to him is how an individual, specifically a man, can purge himself or rid himself or uh, remove himself from the things that are being shared so that he may be a vessel of honor instead of one of dishonor. And he chooses the word sanctified. Uh, you know, in the Spanish uh, word sanctificar, uh, it makes a lot of sense sometimes when you hear it in the Spanish vernacular because uh, to be to be santo means to be holy. Uh, you can use the word santo to mean saint but also to be holy. To sanctificar means to make holy. So when we hear the word sanctified in the English, uh, if we look at the meaning behind it, it, it's meaning to be made holy. And so it is conveying in this verse of scripture here, Paul is conveying that uh, we need to ensure 
that we need to be sanctified. We need to be a, a, a holy vessel of honor unto God. And one of the things that is shared here is that we are to flee youthful lusts. And then he goes on to say that we should also follow righteousness, that we should have faith, that we should have charity, which is translated into love, uh, that we should be uh, peaceful. And these are things that uh, are considered to be good works. These are things that are considered to be a fruit, if you will, of a sanctified vessel, of a, of a vessel that gives honor unto God. And so I want to go ahead and return to Jeremiah, which is where we want to look at uh, our study uh, today because what we're doing is we're going to be focusing on a specific chapter and a specific section where God is dealing with Jeremiah. And before I read that, I do want to remind us that when we read the book of Jeremiah, we go back to the beginning, we find that God is having a conversation with Jeremiah and he's conveying unto him that before he formed him, when he was still in the womb, he had already ordained him. He had already decided, in other words, God had already decided that he was going to use Jeremiah for a special work. And uh, when we read through that chapter, we find that the Lord conveys unto Jeremiah, though he is young, he conveys to him that he has uh, authorized him, he's empowered him to uh, root up and to tear down, but also to build up and to plant. And so it's not really Jeremiah that's doing the planting literally, but what happens is God is going to be the one that is making nations rise and fall at his command according to what he is trying to get accomplished in his will as it's brought to fruition with Judah. And it's all going to be dependent upon what Judah decides to do, whether Judah decides to repent and to return unto God, or whether Judah is going to continue to worship the gods that they have erected themselves, some made of gold, some of silver, some of wood, and so forth. And so I want to read to you out of Jeremiah chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. The scripture reads as follows. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended for it. Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, This is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, It's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our own hearts. Jeremiah 18 verses 1 through 12. This is an interesting passage. This is an interesting section of the Bible, and uh, several things actually stand out for me 
uh, as I was studying, as I was reading, as I was praying, uh, as I read through chapter 18, there's a lot of things that we find that occur. Uh, first, we find that the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah. Remember, this is the word of the Lord that is coming. So it's God that is speaking. He's speaking to the prophet that he's ordained. In addition to that, he, he is instructed to go to a specific place. He receives instructions from the Lord to go to the potter's house. And then he is told why he's going to the potter's house. He's going to receive a message there. And then Jeremiah is obedient. We find that he is obedient. He goes to the potter's house. And while he is down there, Jeremiah sees something happening. He witnesses an occurrence. Specifically, what he witnesses is that the potter is shaping a vessel. Some translations say a jar. Some say a pot. Regardless, it's, it's still a vessel. And we know that, according to the passage, that the vessel becomes marred. And so it's important to notice that the scriptures convey that the vessel is being shaped, quote, as it seems best to him, as it seems best to the potter. And then the vessel is marred and the potter starts over. Some translations say that he that the uh, that there's going to be a crushing of the lump of clay and that it started over. Uh, in other words, the potter chooses to crush the lump of clay and then he decides to begin again. And so you might read different things in different translations, but what we know is that the potter's clay does not turn out the way he wants, so he decides to begin again. You might think this does not apply to us, but I want to remind you that the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 that we came from the ground. Uh, in fact, uh, there's an area in the scripture where the Lord actually remembers uh, that we are but dust, the scripture says. And so... Um, I like to remember that sometimes when I when we think of whether uh, we kind of get kind of arrogant and kind of set in our way sometimes uh, when we're young we kind of have what is called the Superman complex like nothing can touch us and uh, of course as you get older you begin to realize uh, how much more we really are in need of God and how we are dependent upon him in so many different ways. In many ways, and in fact, in all ways, but we just don't realize all of them yet. As we go through life and the Lord reveals some things to us, we begin to find these things out. He begins to show us some things. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit about the notice that Jeremiah was listening, first of all, for the word of the Lord. Second, that he, he was obedient. And then third of all, that the word of the Lord comes to him when he gets down to that potter's house. And what's also both crucial and critical is that at the beginning of the book of Jeremiah he was told that God had placed him over these nations and that he would uproot and tear down and plant and build in other words the Lord was using him for a specific ministry to minister to a specific people in a specific time in a specific situation and so what is happening here is Judah has rebelled they've been serving other gods instead of serving God Almighty the one true living God and he is not happy. He is upset about that. And so he has warned them, you're going to be uh, having to go through some things as I, ri as I raise up nations against you unless you repent. And he's warning them as well, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not doing what you're supposed to and I'm going to pick up a nation against you, if you repent, then I won't do it. 
But then he also says, if I was already blessing you, and then you choose to become a disobedient uh, people, then I can also take the blessing away from you. And so um, we have to remember that. Well, we have many blessings that the Lord has placed upon our lives, and we have to be appreciative and thankful for what He has done. Uh, you know, as I was reading through this, one of the things that God has uh, conveyed to Jeremiah is that while the people are not going to be happy as He's going and ministering to these people and letting them know they're going to be falling into captivity, um, the people, since they're not going to be happy, they're going to be up against them. And so the Lord tells him, I'm going to be with you. And so many times, especially when we were very young Christians, at least for me, I remember I'd hear people say, God is with you. I even hear in messages, God is with you. And I thought, I would think to myself, well, God is with me and that's great, but I'm still going through the trial. I'm still the one suffering. He's here, but I'm the one going through all this mess. But I didn't understand then what really was being said. Uh, what really is being said is almost a reference to the Old Testament when the Ark of the Covenant is present and the Israelites would bring the Ark of the Covenant with them, they would win the battles. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. So in other words, as we're going through things in our lives, when God is with us, it is Him that is winning the victory. It is Him who's getting us through the battle. It is Him that is... Uh, making us victorious, if you will, and we will not be defeated, not because of us, but because of him. And what's interesting, though, is there is a situation in the Old Testament where the Israelites bring the Ark of the Covenant, but God is not there. And what's happened is they've, they have messed up. They have basically no longer been following the Lord like they should have, and they bring this thing out. And putting their belief and hope in the thing instead of in God Almighty. And so they do get defeated. And so in other words, what I'm telling you is just as Jeremiah is told God is with him in that time period as he's going through this ministry and he is made victorious. We want to remember here in 2023, the Lord is also our victory. He is also our strength and our refuge. In fact, the Lord tells Jeremiah uh, back in, in the uh, earlier chapters, he is told that he has made this day, he's made him a defense city and an iron pillar and a, with brazen walls against the whole land. And he, he conveys to him, not the kings of Judah, not the princes, not the priests, uh, any nobody in the land is going to be able to go up against you and prevail against you. And as you read through, you do find that Jeremiah does find himself in some uh, precarious situations, but God continues to be with him. And so as I was reading through this, I was again reminded of chapter 2, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 4, that conveys the following verses. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in trickery, not distorting the word of God, but by the open proclamation of the truth, commending ourselves to every person's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants, on account of Jesus, for God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And then he goes on to say this verse right here. 
because we have this treasure in earthen containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. And then he says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around the body, the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And what I just read you here, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 4 of Second Corinthians, is a letter of Paul written to the church at Corinth and what he is conveying to them is even though they're these clay vessels in other words we are these clay vessels and even though we are these things that were made of dust as we alluded to at the beginning of this message God lives in our hearts as we permit him to come in and be our savior be our Lord be our God and as he's living through us and in us Though we walk through situations that are dark and that are difficult many times, still God continues to be with us and we can continue to live victoriously. Doesn't mean that it's going to be pleasant. Doesn't mean that we're going to always have uh, these positive days that are just full of, of uh, rainbows and, and roses, if you, if you will. In other words, we still have problems that we are faced with. And, you know, we have got to remember that God, as in the book of Jeremiah, is the potter and we are the clay. God shapes us. He molds us. He prepares us as it is best in his sight, not our sight. He's molding us and shaping us as he wants to make us, not as we want to make ourselves. And we have to remember Isaiah twenty nine sixteen. Uh, the prophet conveys the following you have turned things upside down as if the potter were regarded as clay shall what is formed say to him who formed it he did not make it can the pottery say of the potter he has no understanding that's an interesting uh, verse to me because it's uh, truly if you think of uh, any vessel whether it's a, a, a pot for cooking or or uh, a clay uh, figurine of some type or or something made of ceramic or any type of vessel you can think of, uh, somebody made it. And if you think of it, it's like that vessel telling the artist, you don't know anything. You don't know what you're doing. And in reality, the person that made it has the artistic ability, the knowledge to be able to make that. And that may not seem like very much when you think about it, but I had an experience going to South Korea on a missionary trip and the kids were... Um, taken on an outing because we were working as missionaries at a, uh, a summer youth camp and uh, the kids were taken on an outing one day and they took them out horseback riding and then they took them to a gym and different places that they got to visit and one of the places that they had made arrangements to visit was a uh, pottery studio and as we went there the kids all got their lump of clay and they began to make their little figurines or bridges or, or, or saucers cups plates you name it whatever they decided they wanted to make and then the leadership was allowed the teachers were allowed to come up and sit at the front of the room where the teacher was up on a looked like a table or platform or some type and she was sitting at a wheel and the wheel was spinning and as the wheel was spinning the woman that was the teacher had her hands around 
the lump of clay and she began to form it. She began to make it hollow inside. She began to bring her hands close together and then far apart, close together, then far apart. And after a while, it began to look like a vase uh, that she'd put flowers into. And every once in a while, she'd take her hand off of one of her hands off the the clay and then she'd dip it in the water and then bring it back. And so when we got a chance to go up there, I thought, well, this looks pretty easy. I'm going to, I'm not going to have a problem with this. And I got up there and, oh, my clay just started going crazy, started going everywhere. And uh, I realized very quickly that it, would, it was not as easy as it seems. And several things came to mind. One, my, one thing that came to mind is there was a minister who um, was a missionary in Korea, had been a linguist in the army and for many years uh, was living there in, in Southeast Asia. And there was a missionary family that had come into the place where we were living at here in the United States. And so there was a revival that was taking place and they had invited this minister to come from Korea and uh, to preach to the Korean people because he spoke the Korean language well enough to preach with it. In fact, he had planned a Korean church uh, there in South Korea, and but he was an American soldier. And so as he was speaking, I, at the time I was going through a trial and uh, I had lost a loved one in my life and I've been killed in a car accident and one of the things that the minister said that stayed, stayed with me all these years is he said I hate to be broken because it hurts so much and I thought about that in this situation where the clay became marred and as it became marred the potter decided to start over again to make it into the vessel that he desires it to be and I want to say to you today that whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, whatever situation or situations you're faced with, I want to encourage you and remind you that if you're serving God, if you've given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not just serving something made of wood or gold or silver that has no power that can't help you. You're serving the living God that has all power and all authority and can help you and strengthen you and encourage you and help you go through the things that you're going through. And so I want to stop here because we're running out of time and we'll pick up with part two of this and I'll give you a little bit more information. But uh, the next time we come together, I want to cover something called the prayer of examine. And this will tie back into Jeremiah chapter 18. Thank you again for joining us with Interpreting the Word of God with Dr. Joel Dillon. Uh, we will see you again soon in our next podcast. Have a blessed